pretty soon. Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is the third Monday of the month, which means it's time for Healing Spices with Dr. Sunil Pai. This is the eighth episode in a series, and he is already at the letter L and M, and he's actually going to be covering one of my favorite spices today. Can you guess which one it is among lemongrass, marjoram, mint, and mustard seed. Welcome back, Dr. Pai. Thank you all for, and uh, thanks for inviting me. Thank you for having me. And uh, let's get started. I can't believe it's already part eight. <laughs> so this is amazing. Uh, I'm going to cover four things today. Lemongrass, marjoram, mint, and mustard seed. Many people will know mint. We'll talk about that, but they may not know about marjoram. And uh, most people who eat Asian food will know a little bit about mustard seed. And, and if you haven't had lemongrass, then definitely that's going to be something to talk about. But before we get started, I do Oops. I do want to let everybody know who are your listeners that we are having a holiday sale 23rd to the 27th here uh, at sendgevanystore.com, 10% off of everything. So if you want to try our Boss America or anything that I've mentioned in the past before, uh, get a signed copy of my book, An Inflammation Nation. Or if you even want to give a gift certificate or book a consultation yourself, I'd be glad to assist you or our other providers here like Maureen with Ayurvedic medicine and nutrition consultations. We can also do that all by uh, telemedicine. So again, 10% off, please go to sendgevanystore.com or sendgevany.net, sign up for our newsletter. We have some cool videos coming out over the newsletter that will have lectures and some ideas uh, and uh, uh, new uh, wellness technologies that would be available for everybody. So um, enjoy the savings. Now, again, most of this information is coming from my book, An Inflammation Nation, and more importantly, coming from this wonderful book called Healing Spices, which I've been taking about four spices every show. We're on part eight, so we're, we're getting to about 32 spices so far in herbs. Give you a little bit about the history, a little bit about the medicinal benefits, because although we want to eat a whole food plant-based diet, one of the most important aspects of eating this whole food plant-based diet is making food medicine. And making the food as medicine is actually an important part of getting the spices and herbs, because those are the things that have the strongest health benefits. And that's why a lot of people who go plant-based, they kind of eat these kind of bland, boring diets. And we're trying to incorporate, uh, you know, world cultures and just getting that, that culinary aspect into bringing more flavor to the plant-based diet and really bring out why plant-based diets and people who eat them live longer and healthier lifestyles. So let's get started today with number 29 is lemongrass. It's called the calming spice. It is one of my favorites just because of the smell. Most people uh, are used to the smell if they've gone to a spa. Uh, they use it as a lot of essential oils and like aromatherapy. Um, if you have any kind of Thai food or, or a lot of Asian foods, if you've ever been to like Bali or Indonesia, lemongrass, you can just smell it wonderfully in the cooking and the food. But lemongrass, as you can see, it has this like, it's like a stocky, uh, uh, um, it almost looks like an onion, kind of like a, uh, a scallion almost. And it's this bulb here that has the strongest concentration of the uh, lemongrass components, but it helps with lowering anxiety, has anti-cancer benefits, it helps reduce cholesterol, uh, helps uh, lower blood sugar, helps with seizures, uh, insomnia, also helps with uh, thrush uh, and uh, yeast infections. So like an anti-candida 
wonderful, wonderful, wonderful smell. And just remember, it comes like this. And so a lot of people, you know, what we want to do is when we cook with it, we want to chop the whole thing up. Uh, we can also um, steam it. We can also uh, wrap, you know, certain people who do like barbecue uh, in other countries, we actually would use this as a stick. And we would put, say, they would put animal protein, but now we could put plant-based proteins on there, put tempeh, put tofus, put uh, uh, seitan and wrap it, and then you can steam it or you can barbecue it. And the essence and the flavor of the lemongrass permeates through um, uh, the, the flavors of the textured protein. So it's a wonderful way to get this just physically, uh, aside of just cutting it up and, and chopping it and using it like an, uh, a normal uh, spice and vegetable. So the health benefits of lemongrass. So again, talking about anti-anxiety, they give it as a, in Brazilian medicine, uh, traditionally they give it as an, an anti-anxiety uh, aspect of a tea. And I always like to recommend people trying, if you haven't had lemongrass, we'll go buy some lemongrass. So you can make a lemongrass tea. Now you can buy them at the store, but I like to, you know, if you can make it, go to the, go to the store, buy some lemongrass uh, uh, roots. And then what you want to do is you want to chop them up, you know, in about, you know, about one inch, to, uh, one and a half inches, uh, little stalks. You can get a cup of that. Uh, you can get eight cups of water and then start off with two cups. Take that full cup of the chopped um, lemongrass. Now, again, you know, most people would use organic uh, sugar of some kind, but uh, if you want to use any kind of monk fruit, uh, you want instead of, you know, sugar, or you can use some stevia or uh, even some honey, you could do that to sweeten it. What you want to do is you want to bring it to a boil, uh, let it boil for a few minutes. And then you just, you know, especially if you have sugar, you want it to melt and everything like that. And you want it to let it cool, let it, let it cool down. So let it kind of steep for a while, let it cool down, then put it in a blender and then high speed blender, blend it till it's super, super fine. And then you want to pour it through a cheesecloth so you can pick up any of the, the rest of the particles and the wonderful water that's below it is a, makes the wonderful lemongrass tea. Then you can put it in the fridge and use it with some ice or uh, other beverages uh, as fantastic smells great wonderful wonderful for the uh, summertime and just very very fragrant um, now the anti-cancer benefits of lemongrass is very interesting because the lemongrass oil they showed uh, it's very powerful against 12 different types of cancer cells uh, and it's a dose dependent reaction meaning that the more the the the, the uh, lemongrass was given uh, in the higher concentration in the cell cultures the stronger the anti-cancer effect was but the interesting thing they found was there's a ingredient called citrol that's found in the lemongrass, which is one of these anti-cancer components. And just showing a typical cup of lemongrass tea, like I mentioned before, how to make it, can actually kill cancer cells. So it's not like people have to, you know, do juicing and take tons of it. Just like make, make, you know, make a, make, make a pitcher for it and then drink it uh, daily as a, just a regular tea. And you can actually mix the lemongrass with other, other teas as well as a flavoring. Sometimes people put it with lemonade. Sometimes people even use the lemongrass as a stick, you know, just as a stirring stick. It adds a little bit of flavor to a, a cocktail or any kind of drink. It does protect against damaging effects of radiation. So this is something that we've been recommending now for our uh, cancer patients who are undergoing, you know, uh, radiation treatments or people who are getting excess CT scans or PET scans. Hey, why don't you drink some lemongrass that day? Uh, and that, or even eat some lemongrass in some food that will give you some, you know, protective effects against the uh, harmful effects of the radiation. It also has some antifungal, anti-yeast infections, so it can be used to treat thrush. Uh, it's also effective at, at yeast infections as well. Uh, it, for the insomnia here, as you can, it, since it has this anti-anxiety effect, it does just have this calming effect. So that's why when you go to spas and a lot of kind of, you know, massage places, uh, if you go to a fancy hotel, whatever, they usually have that smell of lemongrass that's kind of in the aromatherapy. It does lower cholesterol. So they took 140 milligrams of this, you know, this is in standardized, uh, three months 
and it dropped the cholesterol 38 points and lowered the bad cholesterol, prevents oxidation because it's very strong antioxidant, uh, and it actually increased LDL, sorry, HDL, which is your good cholesterol, and lowers triglycerides. And also in some other studies, it actually showed that it helped reduce seizures. So for those people who have seizures, this is something that they should probably be drinking regularly. This something will be aiding and lowering their risk of um, seizures. So again, lemongrass is something that I recommend people to try um, because it's just so fragrant. Uh, most of us will en enjoy taking it. Now, if you've ever had any kind of Thai soup, Tom Yum soup, Tom Kai Gai, you know, I mentioned it before in some of the other uh, videos before, is that's, that's that little stick that's always in the soup. It gives us the soup, you know, the Thai coconut, you know, lemongrass flavors. Just, it just pours out with the galangal and, you know, the various mushrooms and the lime and the little bit of tomato and the onions. It's just a very, very, very uh, sweet and savory type of um, uh, soup. Um, so you can see that a lot with cooking. And then, you know, in, in Asian food, they use it a lot with meat. Now I'm using a plant-based source, but you actually, they use it as a marinade. So again, you can like chop it up fine. Just how you do it like, like a garlic or ginger and you're making like a marinade or a rub. And you can do that with like vegan chicken or textured proteins. It's the wonderful, wonderful thing. And, you know, for those people who like uh, banh mi, you know, like those little uh, sandwiches, uh, when they have that lemongrass infused tofu, it's so delicious. It's one of my favorites when I go to uh, uh, Thai places to have the uh, tofu banh mi or the Vietnamese places, sorry, uh, to have that kind of sandwich. But they use it a lot. You can see it in soups. Uh, we can use it in rice. So it's something that's really fragrant. It flavors it and it also has some health, wonderful health benefits. It, it pairs with a lot of things. So black cumin, cardamom, chili, cinnamon, clove, coconut, coriander, cumin, fennel seed, fenugreek, galangal, again, which is similar like a ginger, garlic, ginger, onion, tamarind, and turmeric. And so these are what I like about it is because these are my favorite things to cook with so far. I've covered a lot of these. And so it, it just, it's something that you can add to a lot of dishes. And anytime, again, Asian stir fries, fantastic. Any kind of curry, fantastic. And then a marinade. If you like to marinate you know, any of the vegan meats or plant-based uh, textured proteins, uh, again, it's something that has this nice, nice, wonderful flavor. It is not spicy at all. So it actually has a sweet flavor. And, it, uh, and again, it's very, very fragrant. So you can steam it. You can bake with it. You can barbecue with it. And again, again it just it, it infuses that wonderful aroma into food. So that is lemongrass. Now, marjoram. Marjoram is the Mediterranean miracle. Now, many people actually have tasted marjoram. They use it in, you know, in the spice rack, but they don't really know much more about it. Uh, marjoram has a lot of benefits. It has uh, benefits with Alzheimer's disease and, and cognitive dysfunction. It does help with blood thinning, as most plants do, as an anti-inflammatory effect. Uh, it helps with cancer, fungal infections, heart disease, indigestion, bacterial infections, so it has an antimicrobial property. Um, it also helps with pollution side effects, strokes, and ulcers. So this, I just wanted to put a picture because most of us, you know, we get it in the store as a powder and it's dried. And, you know, most people have really never seen or, you know, because we get it in the stores of spice, uh, just kind of actually how it looks. It kind of similar, looks like a like a minty kind of plant. Uh, but marjoram is, is, is a wonderful spice. Now, why? Uh, this is quite interesting. Um, marjoram, aside of having its anti-cancer benefits, and they, especially they showed against human leukemia cells, is that in, in Italy, they were actually looking at a study 
of looking at antioxidants, you know, the, and they were looking at the, the benefits of Mediterranean diet, right? Because everybody always wants to tout Mediterranean diet, you know, focusing more on the vegetables, grains, legumes, fruits, and seeds, and nuts, okay? And what they were looking at, combo of 30 different veggies and spices, right? So they were using olive oil and basil and parsley and garlic and rosemary and sage and, and red wine vinegar and all the things that you hear about Mediterranean food and just kind of wonderful fresh fruits and vegetables. And they were looking at the ORAC value. And, and most of you who know anything about supplements or you look at, you know, hear things about antioxidants, they'll always mention an ORAC value. ORAC value is kind of like the antioxidant capacity of that food. And the higher the ORAC value, the stronger or the more potent it is. So like vitamin C will have a certain amount of uh, ORAC value. And then blueberries, for example, or omelet would even have even higher, for example. So the more that we eat of these foods, then the higher the ORAC value, the higher the protective benefits, the higher the health benefits that we actually get from the antioxidant properties. And one of the things that was really interesting is they had 30 different com veggies and spices, and they tried different combinations. And they actually did, each time they made a combination, they tested it four times so they can get a good baseline of the total ORAC value. And then what they did is they found out with the marjoram, it's just by adding a tablespoon sorry, a teaspoon, just a teaspoon on the salad, right? Now you can even put it in a salad dressing, which is fantastic, right? It actually doubled the ORAC value of whatever dish. So it doesn't matter what combination of all these other antioxidants and wonderful things that everybody should be eating. It's just like adding that. So if you're having a salad or you're making a salad dressing, it's a great thing to be adding just one teaspoon. Uh, and that will just basically double the overall antioxidant capacity of the rest of the, the fruits and vegetables and, and, and wonderful anti-inflammatory plant foods. So it's a great thing to be adding. It has high levels of ursulic acid, carvacol, and thymol. And if you listen to my other previous uh, parts, of uh, this healing sp uh, spices theory uh, series, you'll see that the um, thymol, the, all of these uh, ingredients have really strong antioxidant and also therefore anti-cancer benefits. The ursulic acid is also nearly powerful as acetylcholine in uh, in increasing you know the brain function. So right now we know that when we have cognitive decline, that neurotransmitter and and those kind of um, signals are kind of turned down. And in fact, this actually helps with releasing more of the body's own. So there's a little bit of like when we look at you know heart attacks and strokes. Okay, can you know they use it in Iranian traditional medicine? It actually decreases platelet ag aggregation clumping by forty percent. So instead of taking an aspirin that can cause you know GI bleed one of the number one causes of GI bleed in America is just uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and also aspirin. Um, but we want to look at these kind of aspects that when we look at these like Mediterranean diets, when we look at these other kind of European diets and even Middle Eastern diets, when we're eating these kind of herbs and we say, gosh, these people live a very long time. And it's because these things are helping their brain. These things are helping prevent cancer. These things are helping uh, with heart attacks and strokes. These are the things that people here in the United States die from, or they actually have high rates of incidence. So these are things that we have to look at, just adding a little bit. So if you not never tried some marjoram, go get some marjoram organic at the store. It does have some antimicrobial effects, as I mentioned before. Uh, it, can uh, it can knock out some candida, E. coli, and staph aureus. If you go back to my previous episodes, um, you'll see that a lot of the plants have antimicrobial, antifungal properties. And it's not only just for us eating it right now, which gives us benefit, but if you think back, you know, we've only had refrigeration for about 200 years. And so if you think back to, you know, all these cultures going back thousands and thousands and thousands of years and eating these wonderful foods, you know, at that time, you know, without refrigeration, you can get contamination, you can get, you know, foodborne illness, you can also get spoilage and all these natural herbs 
uh, and spices have like a, a protection and antimicrobial properties, like a natural preservative. It, you know, when they store it, when they kept the, these foods, it prevents certain, certain infections uh, from, from occurring. So this is the one thing of like, you know, we take foods here, we get sick, but the idea is like having the foods prevented uh, to you not getting sick to begin with is a key. It does improve digestion. And here's a fantastic thing is it triggers the release of pepsin. Now it's a protein digestive enzyme by increasing it by 30%. So a lot of us, you know, have trouble on the take digestive enzymes, which we offer, you know, chewable digestive enzymes and capsule, you know, plant-based kind. Uh, and some people take pancreatic enzymes and all, but here just taking the margarine, it helps the body's own production, which is fantastic, of increasing the pepsin by itself. So this is fantastic. And then interesting thing is, so due to the high antioxidant activities in the studies that were showing that it actually should be used for those people who have low levels of lead exposure, it protects them uh, from having kidney and uh, uh, liver damage. So I see a lot of people on the, you know, social media always time talking about like detoxing and, you know, taking like bentonite clays or charcoals or, you know, carbon products. And, you know, those are the kind of, yes, they do bind. But they're they're just kind of gimmicky, right? Like they're just they're they're just kind of binders. They also can bind other good things, um, but they're not really feeding the body, right? They're just like depleting the body. And we're always looking at, you know, if you go back to the, my previous series, you can see that a lot of these herbs also have protection against heavy metals. AKA another reason why we should be going towards a plant-based diet. So it can help us against environmental protections and also it can offset some of the damages that those people who eat uh, animal protein or high uh, inflammatory diets, it can also, remember, there's also a bioaccumulation of toxins in animal protein. So these are things that we get from the environment knowingly and unknowingly from our water, the air, the wind. There was actually a study that came out, which I'll talk about sometime later, another show talking about plastics and about uh, we get about a, a credit card now almost uh, on a weekly or bi-weekly uh, bi-monthly basis of even breathing now microplastics from the environment so all these things that we're looking at detoxification is very very key but marjoram is one thing i strongly recommend and again one teaspoon on a salad or put in a salad dressing uh wow and doubling your your antioxidant capacity rather than taking more antioxidants that's a very inexpensive way to get a bang for your buck and examples of, of marjoram, and there's tons of them, but I, you know, you'll, I want to show you here, like it's used like in soups, it's used in like pastas. I love the, you know, butternut squash ravioli with sage and marjoram. It has this wonderful flavor. You can even bake with it. So they make bread, like ciabatta breads. It goes great with tomatoes and stuff like that. You can even bake this. So there was a wonderful um, recipe for a, a leek and celiac phyllo, uh, is a vegan uh, phyllo dart, uh, tart, delicious. Um, so these ways that you can add it, but you know, most people just get the spice and just make it into a salad dressing, just like you would use any other type of herbs in the salad dressing. Now it pairs with basil, celery, cumin, garlic, oregano, parsley, rosemary, sage, sun-dried tomatoes, and thyme. And so you can see like these are all the things that we also put in dressings, right? So that's why it goes really easy, like oregano and parsley, rosemary, sage. How many times we all get a balsamic vinegar or some kind of you know oil and vinegar, or, uh, and we mix those things, or we just sprinkle it on our, our some of our, our vegetables. It's a very easy thing. It goes right in along with it, so highly recommend it. And it complements beans, bell peppers, cabbage, again, salad dressings, tomato sauces, and white sauces. So these are things that if you're making a pasta sauce, you can throw that in there, just like you would throw a little bit of parsley, a little bit of oregano, a little bit of rosemary. Uh, you can add that in there for the wonderful health benefits of marjoram. Now, number 31 is mint. Yay! <laughs> and this is this is your favorite, the yes. essence of freshness. You know, mint, interesting enough, it is one of the most popular, most identified um, 
flavors and, and smells worldwide, right? And there's, there's peppermint, which is usually on the sweeter side, which is kind of usually made into candies and, you know, desserts and stuff. And then there's the savory part, which is what which we usually get in the store, which is more of a spearmint, even though they call it mint, it's more of a spearmint. I, I always wondered about that because when you go to the regular grocery store, it literally just says mint. And it I says mint. Yeah. Yeah. And so the mint that we get at the store is actually spearmint. And that that has that savory flavor. And when they use it for for mint and like, you know, can like holidays, right? We're getting that's going to be a, a, a peppermint in the same family, just a different different part of the uh, species. But they actually get more of that a slightly different flavor. They get a sweeter flavor rather than the savory flavor that we get. But I love mint just as much as you. Uh, I can mint and cilantro are kind of like my favorites. I, I just have them growing all the time because mint grows really easily in your yard, in your backyard. You can grow them in little cups and stuff like that, or little uh, little uh, pots outside. Helps for allergies, anxiety, stress, um, actually breastfeeding problems. So uh, if they make a mint water, women who are having problems with the with, with uh, the nipple having uh, irritation from from breastfeeding uh, it's a wonderful thing just getting a little bit of mint water and and putting it on the on the breast will actually help with that healing pro uh, properties uh, for that for that common problem instead of putting some kind of cream or something that you know usually gynecology or pediatrics kind of give women uh, this is something that's natural that again even the baby ingests is totally safe has a lot of anti-cancer benefits helps with respiratory issues like cough and and uh, COPD Fatigue, mental issues, it has a stimulatory effect on that. Wonderful for uh, gingivitis and tooth decay, as we all know, through toothpaste. Hirsutism, which I'll talk about in a second, indigestion, IBS, menopause, menstrual cramps, PCOS, and also post-herpetic neuralgia, which is like a neuropathy that we get from shingles or any kind of viral outbreak. But mint, mint, mint. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I can't never get enough of mint. Um, I just love the smell of it. Makes me happy. I love it too. In everything, savory or sweet. Yes. Uh, mint is fantastic. And, you know, one of the things that I mentioned, you know, uh, on our newsletter, if you, if you sign up, you know, sangevini.com or sangevinistore.com, uh, sangevini.net, sorry, and sangevinistore.com, you can sign up. There's a product called Jiva, and we're actually giving 10% off of those over the holiday. But these are, these are actually tested, clinically patented. Uh, it's a technology. It's really in, uh, it's a simple thing that you can use, but it actually will increase the yield of your growth of your crops. So if you're growing crops or yield, they'll grow up about 30 to 40% increasing the nutrient density and also the amount without fertilizers, without, you know, it's kind of an innovative technology. So there's a lecture that if you go and you'll get it over the holiday weekend, I'll send out um, uh, a video on that. So mint, stress, anxiety, and cancer. So interesting enough, as we all know, I mean, we probably hear it and smell it more often as peppermint, peppermint oil, peppermint oil. Anybody who's in essential oils, so you go anywhere right now during the holidays, right? We have like the mints family. And then we have, remember like the cinnamons that we, you feel, you smell the cinnamon sticks and then you smell the peppermint sticks, right? We kind of have that going around right now in the, in the grocery markers and in the, in the, in the retailers. Anti-cancer activities. So it does help with lung, prostate, liver, stomach, bladder, brain, oral, and blood cancers. They actually had a study where peppermint oil spray that women use reduced the chemo-induced hot flashes that are in breast cancer when we have to give them hormone blockers. So it's a nice little thing that we can do is just getting some peppermint oil in the house um, aside of with cooking with it. When we take the menthol, menthol is the, uh, you know, the cooling part of mint, right? And so 
that's the part that gives you that sensation. So when people think of like an icy hot or a Ben Gay and all things, you know, what they're tool, pulling out right now, which is now made chemically though, is the menthol, which actually originally comes from mint, and um, that cr creates that coolingness that on when you when you rub a salve or put any kind of cream it has that like that, that tingling cooling uh, sensation. A study showed that applying the peppermint oil containing 10% menthol resulted in immediate improvement of pain for four to six hours. So when people have, you know, a shingles and shingles is painful, it almost feels it's like your skin is on fire. It can last several weeks, sometimes a couple of months. Um, and people, you know, there's really not much conventionally they can give to really tone it down. Bosmeric is very, very helpful at lowering that inflammation, but this is a topical here. You can actually get some, uh, a peppermint oil, uh, and, uh, put it on and that will help with that. Even in my, in the, one of the chapters, there's actually, um, a PN, uh, Neurogen. It's a patented form of that. That's actually given in other countries as a topical for, uh, herpetic, uh, post-herpetic neuralgia. So other countries have been using this actually as a medical treatment. Now, gastrointestinal support. So fantastic studies. Now in Europe, they actually give it all, all over the place. It actually comes enteric coated. They want it enteric coated because they want it to pass the stomach to get into the lower, smaller, and the large intestine. So that's why they have enteric coated peppermint oil capsules in most of these clinical trials. But 50% reduction in IBS symptoms. Uh, take, they recommend taking about 15 to 30 minutes before a meal. 79% um, reduction in abdominal pain reduction, 83% reduction in bloating, 84% less bathroom trips, lowers indigestion 60 to 95%. That's pretty good. And one interesting thing I, I did see, which I learned very interestingly, is that in Japan and some other countries, they actually give the peppermint oil prior to an endoscopy and prior to a colonoscopy because it lowers the spasms. It lowers the spasms of the esophagus and the stomach. It also lowers spasms of the colon. And so a lot of people, they have trouble when they have colonoscopies because they can induce spasm, right? Because we're putting these, these scopes into, you know, inside of us. And so how simple is that? Like, we don't do that here in America, but we should just follow these other countries. Like just, or if not, make sure you take some peppermint oil maybe a few hours before you go into your scope or maybe a few hours of, you know, drink some peppermint tea or something. Cause again, they might have some restrictions, but there's certain things that you can add that would definitely lower some potential side effect. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. IBS patients definitely should be taking a lot of peppermint oil, peppermint products, eating pep uh, mint products, uh, drinking mint tea. Um, cavities and gum disease, as we all know, peppermint, right? Cause we always think of peppermint, not only like from the sweets and candy, but we also think of like toothpaste because usually toothpaste has like a spearmint or peppermint. But the only thing I always want to recommend people is that when you're looking at a natural toothpaste, it actually should have like real peppermint oil. Um, if it just has peppermint flavor, which you'll see a lot of now, um, then it's not going to give you that really antimicrobial affect, uh, aspect that has been shown in the clinical studies to prevent tooth decay and also help build up the plaque. So you, you don't want it just for the, the freshness of the breath per se, you want it for all the health benefits. So make sure that there's real peppermint or spearmint oil in there rather than a flavor, uh, on the, um, ingredients. Now work performance. Uh, menthol, which again, the part of the mint, that's that wonderful aroma. Uh, if you sniff it, uh, they did these studies. Um, it was actually with uh, um, secretaries, receptionists, and also they had a study also with uh, nurses. And if they sniff the peppermint oil uh, before doing a task, it actually improved the speed and the accuracy of typing and actually of filing. Like alphabetically, their mind can actually uh, work a little bit fa uh, faster. It promotes a general 
arousal of attention. So wonderful thing to do is just, you know, have some peppermint. If you're working on a project or say if you're a student, you're, you got to study. Um, these are things that you can kind of like have some peppermint oil, maybe in a diffuser, uh, make some peppermint tea, super simple things to eat actually as well. But that aroma of getting that, 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 uh, menthol can actually kind of awaken the mind uh, simply without having unwanted need of caffeine or some kind of energy drink, which would have a side effect. And also what is very interesting here is inhaling peppermint oil lowers post-op nausea 29%. So how easy would this be for the post-op staff, the nurses and, and the, you know, and the, and the physicians and assistants and stuff and the, and anesthesiologists waking you up, just kind of having a little bottle of, um, uh, peppermint oil reduces nausea 29%. I mean, this is fantastic. We should be recommending, or if you are going into, say, a surgery, you should have your um, family members or friends or even talk to them, say, can you, can you have one of these little bottles so that once you wake up, they can kind of you know, have you sniff it a little bit. That would also help lower some post-nausea, particularly for patients who've had difficulty before with anesthesia and have history of it. And this would be a great way to prevent the, the next problem. And also for PCOS, this is something that I learned also, which is quite interesting. You know, a lot of times with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome in women, is they get something called hirsutism, which is they get unwanted, you know, facial hair and body hair. It's due to their body actually producing too much testosterone. And there was a study just drinking spearmint tea twice a day for a month reduced the abnormal levels of testosterone. So this is something that we see a lot of women now with, with PCOS, and we have a lot of herbs and stuff that are, that are given for kind of helping some of the, the symptoms, but this is just something so simple and cheap that you can use spearmint tea. Again, try to get organic. You can make your own, just grow some, you know, grow the mint and, and do it yourself. But that's a great way to help lower the hormone rather than taking either a hormone blocker or, or having sometimes uh, un, unwanted surgery. Now, examples of mint, you know, my favorite from an, coming from an Indian standpoint is mint chutney. Uh, my, my mom and my grandmother, you know, they're kind of known for making wonderful Indian food. My mom actually had two Indian restaurants uh, in the 80s and the 90s that um, got best taste of Denver for like 10 years going. Uh, mint chutney was one of the things that people um, were really um, um, happy at eating. Uh, let me see. Can you hear me? I just want to make sure there's not a, okay. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Your, your, your voice changed a little bit, but I think it's fine now. Let's see. Hopefully it comes back. Hopefully that's back. Yeah. It, it's kind of going in and out, like, like a microphone type thing, you know? Sure. Why? Okay. Sorry about that, everyone. This technical difficulties today. Hopefully that will. Hopefully you guys can hear me. So Mint Jenny, um, my mom used to be so famous making the, this famous mint chutney. People used to buy it. They would want to come and, to a restaurant and they'd buy it like in, in like, like almost gallons. Uh, and in fact, mint chutney, there was a famous restaurant in uh, Santa Monica. Uh, and they used to actually have her ship, you know, in, in these like five gallons. And they would use it for their, their appetizers and their, um, you know what, it, I, there is a microphone problem. So maybe either use it or don't use it. Cause what's happening is the sound is going, it's like going in and out, you know, I don't know why it's happening. Hmm. It doesn't bother me, but I'm just, I'm just telling you. Yeah. Let me see if I can. I don't know why it's going in and out. Well, it's good now. Going. Right now it sounds fine. Yeah, I think it's coming from the uh, computer now. Yeah. I, 
Oh, we'll do our best. Not sure why I was working earlier. If you can hear me now, it keeps on jumping. It, it is. Sometimes it's a little tinny, but it, I can hear you. Okay. So Wonderful thing about mint is that it does go um, on melons really well. So a lot of people forget about mint that way. So, you know, watermelon, any of the, any of the melon, when you scrape for salads, great for putting on. Uh, and a lot of people know mint for drinks, right? So like a mint julep or a mojito or just any kind of, you know, even I putting a little bit of mint in there would be uh, beneficial. Um, but mint is one of my favorites. And again, it goes with a lot of things. It goes with allspice. I'm not sure what's happening here. Uh, basil, cardamom, chili, cinnamon, coriander, cumin, fennel seeds, lemongrass, onion, rose, sage, sesame seed, and thyme. And again, it complements you know a lot of things. So chutneys is one of the favorite things. Cranberries, curries, air, you know any kind of curry. Mangoes wonderfully and papaya. The fruit and the melt are great with mint. Uh, so definitely if you're eating any kind of mangoes or papaya or melons, just chop a and sprinkle it on there. Uh, peas. And then, you know, we make a lot of, um, and we have like a yogurt based drink. You can make them plant-based. That's what I do now. Um, but we have like a ripe and we make a mint and a cucumber, uh, a little bit of, um, it's like a salad. It's like a, it's like a yogurt salad. And that's actually to cool our palate when we're eating like hot spice and, um, spicy food. So there's a suggestion from Richard to toggle your mic on and off, um, or, or maybe maybe don't even use it and just use your computer mic like I'm doing. If you have a Mac, I thanks, Richard. Yeah, I don't know much about other computers, but I don't know. I've never had this problem before. So I know you never have, and this is you've been on many many times. Okay, let me see if this will work. If not. Yeah, keeps doing that. Actually, give me one second, then. Sure. Let me see if I can. Ooh, to a technical. I wanted to say while you're doing that, Doctor Pi. Oh, let me let me put myself on screen. Hi. Hello. Oh, let me put my light back on then. Um. Okay, he's back. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. Let me just try, try this. Okay, that, that actually might be worse because you were going in and out. Okay. Can you hear me now? I, I can hear you now. So let's start again, okay? Okay. Let's go back. I feel like a commercial. Can you hear me now? I know. All right, we're now on mustard seed. And mustard seed is one of my favorites. Um, it is used throughout all Asian and Indian food. Um, it's something that a lot of people think of mustard as the yellow mustard. That we think of like putting on a hot dog or, you know, those kind of hamburger, kind of the like mustard uh, that we see that way. But there's another type of mustard, which is brown mustard. And black mustard, which I'll talk about. It's 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 still it's still a problem. It's it's a different problem, but your voice is going in and out. It's like we can hear you and then we can't hear you. Okay. One second, then let me add. 
Sometimes when you say, can you hear me? I say yes, but then it then it goes to nothing. All right. Give me one second then. Okay. All right. Well, while he's working that, what I was going to tell you guys is when he talked about mint. Let's see if he comes back. At the True North Health Center, you can't take medication when you're fasting. And so I, I threw up during the fast and I was nauseous. And so what they gave us was um, in a specimen cup, they took cotton, little tiny cotton balls and soaked it in mint essential oils. And we sniffed it and that really helped with nausea. And that's something that I continued, well, I haven't been nauseous since, but it's, it was really great that that was their treatment and it seems to really work. Hopefully he'll come back. I'll tell you who's on the show tomorrow. Tomorrow we have two shows at 11 o'clock. We have Vegan Michelle and at two o'clock we have Vinegar and Spice and Everything Nice with Thomas Allen from California Balsamic and Nick DeVorn from Local Spicery. He's going to be rolling out a brand new seasoning that he has. I may as well tell you who's on the rest of the week until Dr. Pai comes back. And if you want the schedule, it gets sent to you either the Saturday or Sunday. We send it out every week. If you're a subscriber at chefaj.com. And then that's the best way to ask questions is we send you the email and you simply respond to it with who it's for. They need to be short. It's best to specify who it's for. But with doctors, if you say any doctor, it gets answered sooner because we have a backlog from lots of doctors like Dr. McDougall, Dr. Krant, Dr. Lyle. Are you back, Dr. Pai? We'll see if this works. Hopefully it does. So far, so good. I have to use the camera microphone for some reason. So that's okay. At least we can hear you. Let's start it now. All right, mustard seed. So again, mustard seed, most people think of mustard as coming from, you know, we think of the yellow mustard seed because that's what we think of, you know, yellow mustard. But there's actually three types. There's a brown type, which is European or Asian or called Chinese mustard usually in the, in the culinary world. And then there's the Indian or, or, or black mustard seeds, which are, are actually 30% hotter and, and, and uh, spicier than the brown. Um, again, yellow is the most mild. Uh, it is good for, you know, prostate, cancer, cholesterol, lung, uh, blood sugar, and heart disease. Now, what we usually do uh, for most people who understand spice or learning more about spices, if you ever went to an Asian restaurant, uh, as I mentioned many, many times before, we put a little bit of oil in the pan. Now, when I say a little bit like less than a teaspoon, not a lot, but we always put our, our spices in first, right? Because when we're heating, we always want to activate the spices. And the mustard seeds are something that needs to be activated. You don't just throw it in food. You actually kind of got to heat it. So we usually just put a little bit in the pan. A lot of times people can actually roast the mustard seed, also dry roast it a little bit. But we usually put a little bit of oil in the pan. We put a little bit of mustard seeds, depending on the recipe. And then we usually throw in all our other spices right so whether it's turmeric or coriander or or ginger or garlic or a little bit of onions and we just let it simmer and then what we do is we wait until the mustard seeds start to pop and once they start going pop 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 um in fact you know when i was a kid you know and in in, in india and whatnot sometimes they have a, a, a nickname called putt putt because it's when the pants are going putt 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 that's when it's ready to now add your other ingredients so it's like you put it in the pan takes about 30 seconds to a minute to heat up and then once it starts to pop then that means that, that the herbs and spices are ready and then you can throw all the rest of your vegetables or grains or other other ingredients so that's a, just a little tip that a lot of people put mustard seeds in and they don't let it cook enough uh and they don't activate that wonderful uh health benefits and also aromas 
Now, interesting thing is that we also use a lot of times in Asia and all mustard seed oil. Now it is a little bit spicy. So just letting you know, it's not like something like an olive oil, which is kind of savory. It's, it's a little, little pungent, but there were studies that showed that people who use um, mustard seed oil versus a sunflower oil had 51% lower heart disease risk. Okay. It, it lowers the bad cholesterol. It also increases the HDL. So although, you know, we're trying to reduce oil in the diet, standard American diet, usually canola oil, usually GMO and those kind of things like that. And corn oil, trying to reduce all those pro-inflammatory oils. But if you were to use an oil in a dish, you might want to try a little bit of mustard seed oil. Again, it has a little bit of a spicy pungentness to it, but you're also extracting in the oil some of these health benefits. From an anti-cancer benefit, one thing that people forget about with the mustard seed, it is part of the cruciferous family. So when they look at these components called uh, glucosinolates, these are the kind of wonderful anti-cancer benefits that we see in broccoli and Brussels sprouts and kale and cabbage. And in fact, you know, we see all these things now then converting into sulforaphanes and all these other things that we have now dietary supplements that have been patented and that we give the patients for certain health conditions. But one thing is that the mustard seed is still in the same family, but it has a higher concentration of what they call alloisothionates, cyanates. AITC and it's stronger, it's more concentrated. Now it, do, it does have that little bit of spiciness and pungentness. So that's the, the other benefit for some of us and some of us it might be too spicy, but you wanna add a little bit into your diet. It's really good because it is, for those people like, well, like I can't have too much broccoli or the Brussels sprouts, it causes me gas or in the cabbage causes a little bloating, but we still wanna have the anti-cancer benefits. You still wanna have high ALA, alpha acid, which comes, you know, as omega-3 from plants, you know, we also get it from walnuts, we get it from chia seeds, we get it from flax seeds, uh, we get it from hemp seeds, but we also get it from mustard seeds. Now, again, we're not going to be, you know, juicing it or having tons of it, but adding this daily, when you're, anytime you're making a curry or any kind of sauce, it's a great thing. It reduces colon cancer 50% in the study of those people who consume mustard seed regularly. And so sometimes we have to look at how these people are eating these foods, all the other nutrients that are kind of synergizing. It does help with uh, insulin resistance and diabetes. It lowers glucose and insulin levels. Um, and those people who are taking medications and then they added uh, a little bit of mustard seed into the diet, it actually enhanced the benefits of the drug. So it's kind of had the synergistic effect with, with medications. Um, and also in China, traditional Chinese medicine and also in Ayurvedic medicine, we use mustard seed oil and mustard seed, we actually make a, a poultice. Uh, it's like a, a plaster that we make with, you know, it's like with a cloth and we, we make a, a paste with, with, with the spices. And then we make it as a pack and we put it on the chest uh, and it absorbs via the skin. And they did a wonderful study and they were showing it in China when they do that and they put on the, the plaster in the chest. Uh, just from that treatment, those patients for a year had less overall COP, COPD symptoms, such as coughing and breathlessness, and also increased immune system factors. So how easy is that, right? This is why we have to go back and think of like, gosh, we're taking steroids, we're taking, you know, uh, albuterol, we're taking all these things for COPD patients, but this is something that actually can provide a long-term benefit for just even minimal use. It is very, very rich in nutrients. So calcium, iron, manganese, zinc, potassium, selenium, vitamin C, K, B1, B2, B6, and folic acid. So these are things that, again, people think of like, oh, I, I only can get this from my vegetable, but they forget that we have this as spices. So when you start adding these things, then you're like, you know, doubling, tripling the benefits, right? So you're adding, it's a synergy. So a lot of people who go to plant-based diets, they think of like just kale and just eat tons of like one, 
uh, vegetable or one grain or one fruit. And, you know, it's a super food or super, you know, like that. And we don't look at that that way. When we try to blend all these things together, there's a synergy and complementing each other. And uh, it also helps with brain health. So we see that the mustard seed oil facilitates your astrocyte development. Astrocytes are the cells that help with, you know, the, the, the relaying of the neurotransmitters. Uh, they also help when we have damaged neurons. So again, keeping the brain active. So when we think of, again, with memory, you know, functions or memory dysfunctions, as we see more uh, in the in the public population going forward, it's like, how can we encourage people to start eating more? And then again, when we look at certain cultures that have longer lifespans or, or higher mental function at older ages is because they're consuming these spices that are actually having strong medicinal benefits. Again, food is medicine is a way to bring the mustard seed back into the diet. Now, I love mustard seed because most of us right now, like for the holidays, you'll think of yellow mustard seeds, right? So you'll think of like potatoes with black and uh, bl black and yellow mustard seeds. It's always you put, you know, sprinkle on like, like cauliflower dishes and stir fries. That's a great flavoring. You know, South Indian, we make a lemon like a lemon pilaf, uh, cauliflower with cashews and, 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 and wonderful uh, other spices, but it's always been used heavily. And then again, you know, the yellow mustard that most people are very familiar with here in the United States, but add a little bit of more of these mustard seeds that you'll see, like do it like roasting some potatoes or putting some uh, stir fry, some cauliflower with it. It's a great way to add a little bit of more health benefits. And remember, it does have a little bit of spice, but you can also use the the yellow, but the black is gonna have the strongest. So you might have a little bit of mixture of sometimes using a little bit more yellow, sometimes a little bit of brown. And then eventually if you wanna start adding black or you can do a mixture to get to that point where you can tolerate it, or if it's not too spicy, you can enjoy it as well. And it pairs with you know allspice, black cumin, cardamom, cinnamon, clove, uh, coriander, cumin, fennel, galangal, ginger, star anise, tamarind and turmeric and it complements interesting you know beer very interesting uh ale uh mustard seed goes brussels sprouts again my favorite cabbage cauliflower my favorite curries pickles and sauerkraut so these are things that you can use definitely to help complement adding some mustard seed into the diet and lastly again i want to just mention that we do have a sale coming so for all the listeners here on uh chef aj's program here i want you to make sure that you can take off 10 percent from november 23rd 27th on any of the products wonderful at our store, sendgemini.store.com. Go to sendgemini.net to learn more about our services. Get, get a bottle of Boss Merrick or get a signed copy of my book. And also give a gift to yourself or to someone else. Do an integrative medicine consultation with me or Dr. Sutton in my practice. And that is it for the spices part eight. Uh, lemongrass, marjoram, mint, and mustard seed. Nice. Thank you. Did I don't know if you heard what I said when, um, when you were... Uh, trying to fix the sound about how at True North, you know, the fasting center, when you're nauseous, they actually soak uh, mint, uh, soak cotton balls in mint and they have you sniff it. Right. And that's, and that works really well. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, the, the only thing I would say with, when we use the oils, just letting you know, cause I love the food and I love using oils when, when appropriate. A lot of people, when we do essential oils, like sniffing is great and, and topicals are great with a carrier oil always. But we have to be careful when people think about drinking essential oils because that, they actually can be very caustic. And, and a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of companies that sell, you know, multi-level marketing. There's two or three of them that make $6 billion of selling essential oils. And there's all this essential oil revolution summits that you've seen in the last couple of years. 
people drink the essential oil, but actually it can cause esophageal burning. And sometimes, you know, a lot of those things have antimicrobial properties, but they're very, very strong. When, when you eat it from a food, it's a balancing effect. When we hyper-concentrate it in a essential oil, it's like taking an antibiotic. So for a short-term use, when people are sick, fantastic. But when people take it daily, like a preventative, then it's like taking amoxicillin daily. They wouldn't do that. That would, that would disrupt their microbiome. And unfortunately, no one tells them, and they think, oh, this is natural. It's only going to work on the bad guys, but it also works on the good guys as well. So um, I always kind of avoid using the essential oils internally uh, unless it's really specific. Thank you. Uh, Linda says, is there a discount code for the 10%? Um, no, it's just at checkout. So you just go to the, you just go on, on uh, Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday and it'll be added at checkout, the 10%. Uh, we, there is a discount code for the Jiva products, though, and that's going to be in our newsletter, and that's on our website as well. And is this for new patients and services as well? Um, no, it uh, doesn't apply for our services or new patients. Um, that's separate, but our, our store products is definitely discounted for people to enjoy. And Thanks. I hope that's a way for people to try some of the things that we've been talking about over the last year or so. Uh, coming on your show. Uh, so it's something like, hey, let me try a bottle of this or let me get a book or let me book a consultation and we can look at my food sensitivities, my microbiome, my nutrition and kind of like, you know, evaluate my medications if I'm on them. And is there anything I can do with my diet and lifestyle to enhance it, you know, go further plant-based? Uh, I really enjoy all the, the patients I've have received from your program because they're already motivated. You know, they kind of, they understand and not everybody's, you know, fully plant-based, but just having that awareness and that drive saying, I want to learn more and I'm willing to make some dietary lifestyle changes. That gives the biggest bang for your buck. Oh, I'm so glad you've got patients from this. That's wonderful. Oh, I get tons of, I get tons of people. Which all is right. Well, so come in saying, hey, I saw you on Chef AJ and I want to go further. Nice. You know? Okay. Well, I'm yeah. waiting for that check. I'm kidding. Of course. No, I am so happy that. You and I, you know, one of the things that I, you know, a lot of people sometimes, you know, think that you got to be hundred percent plant-based, you know, to talk to me, or sometimes they feel like, you know, oh, I, I saw, I, you know, watching Chef AJ, but I, I can't book an appointment until I'm fully there yet. And we're not like that. We're, we're, we're always about risk reduction. We're not about perfection. So my, my goal is to go through everybody's diet, lifestyle behaviors and reduce the risk as much as possible. We do use substitutes. We do alternatives. We, we find, you know, uh, transition foods if need be. Because the idea is as long as their levels are good, as long as their blood sugar goes down, as long as their cholesterol goes down, as long as their blood pressure and weight go down, then we're not so nitpicky, you know, because we're looking at the totality of all their lifestyle factors rather than just one parameter. And so this is just something for people to understand that that's what we do. And also Maureen in my practice, Dr. Sutton, she can do Ayurvedic consultations and nutrition as well. And so we kind of pair together and we kind of bring best of both worlds of how we approach our patients. Great. Thanks. And people are saying, what's the website again? Sanjevani.net is our, 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 our um, clinic, S-A-N-J-E-V-A-N-I.net. That's our clinic. And the store uh, for the discount for the holidays is Sanjevani, S-A-N-J-E-V-A-N-I, store, S-T-O-R.com. And do you see people in person, virtually both? What does we it do both. So them? people here locally, or they like to drive, you know, I'm in Albuquerque, then they, we, I love to see people in person, but for most of our patients, they're from afar, they're from California all the way to, you know, Qatar. Hey, we got people all over England and Europe and, and, and I even have a patient, just two patients the other day from South Africa. So it's a great thing because, you know, everybody's understanding, like we need evidence-based 
Uh, and someone who's an MD who's had the most experience of all these different types of training from acupuncture to Ayurveda to, you know, doing plant-based as well. But when we look at using food as medicine or natural products, we have to look at efficacy, potency, purity, and safety. And that's our, that's my level of expertise is of finding those type of products. So it's not just an off the shelf. Everything that we're looking at has to have clinical data to back it. Wow. So efficacy, potency, purity, and safety. Right. That's our mantra. That's been our, that's been our mantra since day one. I think actually there's a couple of companies that are now taken that and started using that in their advertising because that's all about, it's, you know, which, which we'll see is why we push food as medicine is because unfortunately the dietary supplement industry every day is, is getting dinged because there's so much fraud uh, in the dietary supplements. And now even on Amazon, uh, if you look at the last couple of consumer reports uh, testing, they were showing like, you know, 30, 40 major brands. They're not just minor brands, but major brands uh, were all like fake. So like the retailers don't even understand what's happening. So people are making it, say, in another country like China or, or India, and then they're selling it. And it looks exactly the same label, same bottle, even in glass. And it's not even from the company. And those products then fail because it's just about adulteration and, and uh, copying. So it's kind of the challenge. So when people come to our store, we have vetted those products. And so those products have passed GMP certificate of analysis. We're looking at patent ingredients at clinical doses. So when we give something to lower blood pressure, blood sugar, or cholesterol, or lower the inflammation, we can say it does because it does. Where everybody else is just marketing because most people come to me and say, oh, I've taken this or I've taken something in that category. And I go, well, usually not. Because unfortunately, not their fault is that the industry has pretty much been cheated. So that's why we kind of push food as medicine as much as possible. And I'll give you an example. When we do the nutrition testing, when it comes back, it tells you like all your antioxidants, all your B vitamins, all your omega-3, 6, 7s, and 9s, toxicities, and you know amino acids, and zinc, and magnesium, and, and minerals. But also tells you what foods those nutrients are heavily concentrated in so that we can then say, eat more of these foods. Like it's, it's quite simple. And then supplements are only supplementing the diet, not replacing the diet ever. So we always want to give targeted effects. So if someone comes in with a certain condition, then these are the things in evidence in the studies that will show that would be beneficial. But it shouldn't be replacing the diet, nor it shouldn't be uh, redundant. We're trying to always add another pathway, another benefit. And that's why like using some of these spices are great because that's the ways that you can keep augmenting the health of the individual without actually them having to take another pill. Nice. If you change your acronym to potency, efficacy, purity, and safety, it can be PEPS. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so as uh, Susanna is saying, is it safe for a pregnant woman to inhale a uh, uh, peppermint essential oil if when they're nauseous i don't think there's going to be any contraindication uh, on that i'm not a gynecologist so i wouldn't know that but i don't think there's any issues with that i would not take it internally as an oil but sniffing it and breathing it would be okay the only thing that i would be careful of though also with oils though is that there might be some adulteration just even with oils with fragrances so that's the other thing of like getting the uh, if you're getting an essential oil, just make sure that you go to a store, try to get organic when you can, because you don't want to have any other kind of because a lot of oils that are really cheap and down have fragrance or some kind of uh, plant that sometimes is in the similar family, uh, but it's not. So there's a lot of there's a lot of lavenders. There's a lot of types of different types of herbs uh, and plants that have like family. So it's an offshoot and then they can add like a, an adulterant to enhance it. But it's not really the, the pure thing. But I don't think there's any contraindication for that. Great. And let's see, there's a question from Connie. How long is dried marjoram good for? 
like all spices, you know, I, I like to use everything within a year, six, sometimes six months, depending on how much you, how big the bottle is and how much you use. But uh, after that, I, I throw it out and get a new one. That's why I always tell people like I, I got a, a, a wonderful email the other day from a, from a client of your show. And they're asking like, what kind of, you know, where do you get your spices or what, what, what are places I can buy in bulk? So I said, Hey, these are a couple of different companies, but you really want to have that a place where there's turnover. So if you go to a store, like I go to those different grocery stores in Albuquerque and some of them have the spices, then they kind of go out pretty well because a lot of people are shopping for that. And some stores will have it and it's kind of sitting and not moving. Then you always want to also check the expiration date when you buy it. So, you know, that's another thing, because remember, there's a time that they manufacture it and they're going to have like a year or two year expiration date. If it's coming close to that, then I would wait for the next batch or even order online and try to get it fresher sooner. So what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I am going to make uh, actually Marina is going to be making for, with us. We make uh, an annual uh, we make vegan enchiladas. Wow, actually, the vegan pumpkin good. enchilada. We'll probably share the recipe. Uh, on after we finish this series, but there's a couple of our like we do vegan tamales and we do vegan enchiladas. We kind of do a, a south southwestern uh, uh, blend. Um, we don't do the turkey and all that kind of stuff like that, so it's kind of been overdone. And so we do this great kind of pumpkin enchiladas. In fact, we had the class uh, last week here at our center, and so we had people come in. They actually were making vegan tamales, so we taught them how to make the masa, how to make the, the mixtures and all. They went home and they steamed them and they served it to the family. They'll be making it again, and then we'll do the pumpkin enchiladas usually for the holidays as well. Wow, that's well. You got to come and do a demo one day. You know, you've talked yeah. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out how to do the camera because okay. Kids, so the there, there, there's a couple of ways we can do it, and we can talk to some of the people that have regular shows that are doing okay. two cameras. Or um, if 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 the person if somebody can help you, you can do it like on an iPhone, and they can hold okay. it. You won't be yeah. able to see, but I, I, I think I, we just need to see. Yeah, because we have a cooking table with the mirror and all in our yoga room. And, you know, we sit about 40 people. And so we, we have these wonderful classes and people come. And so we do it regularly, uh, cooking classes for our, our community. Uh, we give a lecture. So like last month was breast cancer uh, awareness month. So I gave a, a lecture on breast cancer. And then we had a like a bowl, like, a you know, we call it a breast cancer kicking bowl of all the you know, antioxidants, phytonutrients. So we actually had people participate and then everybody got to try it. And so it's a wonderful thing. So we, we kind of really take it into action. A lot of people talk, but we actually walk the walk, which is nice. And so people could come and say, hey, everybody here in my practice is plant-based. Everybody, you know, we've been doing this since 2006, uh, which is when we transitioned over. You know, we were kind of more Mediterranean before that. And we have a great success of treating people from all around the world. Wow. Do you ever go to, do you ever go anywhere like to like the plantrician conference or California? I'd love to meet you in person. Yeah, well, well we should. <laughs> since, since the pandemic, it kind of like slowed down with, but now everything's opening up. I should, uh, I should go, you know, sometimes I go to the pea pods, you know, the prevention of plant-based uh, disease conference. And then I always go to the international conference of nutrition and medicine, the ICNM conference in Washington, DC. I recommend everybody who's watching this online to, if you're, if you're anywhere near DC in August every year, it's for uh, the public and it's, uh, you know, physicians and, and other therapists get uh, and practitioners get CME, but that's the most evidence-based three-day conference, all plant-based um, about 800 people to a thousand people show up from around the world. And that's when you want to really learn about like heart disease, diabetes, cancer. These are all the clinical trials. These are all the studies. So they're not selling or promoting anything, just information It's completely, uh, non, non-pharmaceutical, non-supplement funded. It's just uh, dietary information. Um, so that's one thing that ICNM, I totally recommend people to go to that every year. Right. Okay. So, um, there's a question from Pat. What type of herbs are excellent for increasing vision or increasing hearing? 
I couldn't find something on the hearing. And I'll have to get back to you on the next show on the vision. But someone asked about tinnitus before, and I couldn't find any specific herb for that. There's other supplements that do that. But uh, from, a, from an herb standpoint, I'd have to go back and look in my notes. Okay. Um, Richard said he asked about curry leaves. Did we cover those on C? Yes, we do. Go back and listen to that. Yes. And you can, you can buy them and you can, also, uh, you can also freeze curry leaves as well. Right. The name of the conference was the International Conference, conference for of Nutrition, Nutrition and Medicine, Medicine ICNM. ICNM. That's by the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, PCRM. That's a part, we're a part of that group. They're out of Washington, D.C. They do advocacy on plant-based diets. They're the ones who actually have to do the legislation, right? So we work at work on Congress. We work on the senators and, you know, and, and congressmen and congresswomen and, and uh, the lobby groups of pushing so that we can help, you know, getting healthier foods in schools and, and hospitals and prisons. And, and how do we, you know, change public perception, uh, you know, since there's a big lobby group of eating all the bad foods, right? We need to also help educate uh, practitioners and, and the public as well. So I definitely recommend people go because it's three, three days of even trying, because a lot of people who come to that conference, for example, physicians are not plant-based uh, and they come and they eat three days worth. And they're like, I can't believe it. there is a, a program, which I do recommend called universal meals. And we'll end up with that, but uh, universal meals.com. So uh, uh, Corey Booker, and uh, Mayor Adams, uh, they're both plant-based in New York. And uh, what they did is they commissioned a, a study of looking at converting hospitals uh, to make more plant-based. And so it took them about three years. They worked with the Culinary Institute of America and they actually came up. And so now in actually uh, the New York City healthcare system, which is the largest hospital system in New York and in the United States right now, it's in like five different boroughs. Um, they serve about 25,000, I think, uh, plant-based meals a day. So the first choice is plant-based on the menu, chef, uh, chef uh, uh, recommended. And the second choice is plant-based. And the interesting thing is that universalmeals.com takes out all the common eight allergens of the foods that people might have allergies to. And it makes it completely plant-based, but it covers, it's got hundreds of assets. So if you want desserts, if you want you know, breakfast items, you want appetizers, you want something that's really cheap, like, hey, I'm a college student, I only got a couple of bucks on me, what can I make? It's, it's about, a, about 150 different recipes that have been vetted, all the nutrition and everything. So now we can take those, we can go to a school, we can go to a long-term facility, and they can just implement that. And that those recipes are also can be duplicated and, and kind of exponentially grown. So if we have like 100 people or 1000 people to feed, it can be applied to that. They will also allow people to come and they do a free consultation to institutions to help them move plant based. So um, anyways, I, I, I got my mom's place that she's staying, my dad's place to start serving more plant based foods, which is helpful for them. Great. Thank you. Uh, Tammy says, does mint lower other androgens, not testosterone? My testosterone is normal, but other androgen is high. Um, so the, so the, if it's not testosterone, then someone's going to have estrogen or progesterone. I have not seen a study on that because I didn't do a re I didn't do a search, but I can do a search on that and get back to you on that uh, on the next show. Uh, this study was just shown for testosterone. So I have a feeling it might be just more specific. Now, it doesn't mean like for a male that takes like that take, takes mint that'll lower their testosterone per se. But for women that have excess, it's a way to help with that excretion. There's a lot of foods that help with excretion, like uh, cruciferous vegetables with hormones. And so when we look at like the sulforaphane, the broccoli, the cruciferous vegetables, you know, the cabbage, we have all these kind of products that are concentrated, that have been patented, but we also want people to eat them as well. 
That's great. Well, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and for everybody. And I hope you enjoy your holidays. Uh, don't eat too much. Try to eat more plant-based. Add more herbs and spices to your meals. Take a 10% off. Go to our store and sanjevnystore.com and sanjevny.net. And I will then see you in December. Yeah. Do you know what, what letters we're doing? And one spice I'm going to be using a lot on Thursday, which I don't use year round, is poultry seasoning. And I don't know why they have to call it that because it's there's no birds in it. But I believe it does have a little marjoram in it. Yeah. Well, wonderful. See, and it's already going to double the antioxidant capacity of that meal. If you have about a teaspoon. Uh, nutmeg, obviously, for which is great because coming, this is all the season for nutmeg. Oregano, parsley, and pomegranate. Well, this is this has just been such a fun series. I really am enjoying learning. Yes, about thank this. you. And hopefully we won't have this technical difficulty next yeah, time. No, I mean, hey, you did, did so many shows. It's just a little glitch. And the people were suggesting restart your computer, but that would have probably kicked you off Zoom. So whatever yeah. you did work great. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pai. And thanks all of you for watching right. another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for two great shows. 11 a.m. is Vegan Michelle. 2 p.m. is Vegan and What's it called? <laughs> Vinegar and spice and everything, guys. Another spice show. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching.